Hello and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that change everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible and ultimately pushed them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hello, and once again, welcome to What Makes Them Tip. I am Jeff Ford, and I am so glad you guys joined us again to learn uh, from lots of experts in the field and how they have innovated in their business space and changed everything. And today we have the pleasure of talking to the founder of a company named Spiralize. He's going to tell us all about it. And his name is Gajan Retnasaba. Welcome, Gajan. Hey, hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. So uh, let's get right into it. So your company is named Spiralize. What do you guys do over there? We do A-B testing. So we take a client's website figure out why people aren't buying or filling out a lead form. And we design new pages and then we do what's called an A-B split test. So we sent half the traffic to their old page, half the traffic to the new page, we measure which one does better. We keep the winner, kill the loser, and we do it all over again. Right. And that's so, A-B testing is so important too. And I work in a at a company that does a lot of that as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not what we do, but we have to do that with, uh-huh. you know, our websites. And um, I do video production and we'll sometimes put up different cover images to see which yeah. ones people are clicking on. Um, tell us like, I mean, obviously I can, I understand therefore how important that is because I actually worry. Tell other people like, why is that so important? So in the, in the world of online, there are really two big levers you can pull, right? One is traffic, get more people to your site. And for the last, you know, 20, 30 years, that's what everyone's focused on, SEO, pay-per-click. The other level there is once they're on the site, can you persuade more of those people to take action and buy or fill out a lead form? Um, and your success is the product of those two things. So if you can get 50% more people on your site to buy something, well, you know, profits... Since you've already paid for that traffic, all that revenue is pure profit um, and hits the bottom line. The other really powerful thing is those two things work together. If you are able to convert 50% more of those people to buy something, well, now you can afford to invest more in in traffic. You can invest more in SEO, more in pay-per-click. And so those two things kind of work beautifully together. Mm -hmm. We find, Yeah. yeah, if a company can increase its... Um, conversion rate 10%, it can usually increase enterprise value, the value of the company 30%, right? Yeah. There's a big multiplier on conversion rates. Yeah. And that's the real trick, right? You can get them to come to your website, but then it's it's kind of like, uh, is that shiny red button the reason that they're doing it? Or is right. it uh, this, you know, this image or the the type of imagery we're using on the site? Is it because we... Uh, you know, have structured our menus in a certain way, and you guys can help people figure out how that works, right? Absolutely. All right. So, tell me what are what are some examples of situations where you've 
where maybe you found, uh, you know, an exact, I guess, a, yeah. a, an example. What a of great that. example. Yeah. So, um, so we had a client that made a, had a SaaS product mm -hmm. a couple of years ago and we talked to people that we always were very interested in people on the bubble, someone that nearly purchased, but didn't. Um, so we talked to a bunch of these people in the bubble and about 10% of them said the weirdest thing. They said, the reason we're not buying is because we're not sure if it works on a Mac. Mm. And and this is this is very strange because it's a SaaS product. It works in the browser. Of course, it works on a Mac. It works on a Mac. It works on a PC. It works on Linux. It works on everything. It has a browser. Um, and we told this to the client, and everyone thought this was hilarious. The client engineer thought it was hilarious. Um, and so this led to a test. We put like a little logo on the product said works on a Mac, works on a PC, had the little Apple logo. And sure enough, we ran the test, conversion rate went up, you know, 10, 15%. Um, and this is the kind of thing that you can uncover through conversion testing that no amount of thinking about the problem would solve, right? I got you. It's the kind of thing you and I would never guess, mainly we're too close to the product. Sure. On some level thing that, customers wanted didn't even make sense. Um, but if you delve into it and you ask them why they're not buying and uh, you design a test around it, you know, you have this awesome opportunity to massively increase the amount of sales on your site and, and the value of your company. That's a great example. Yeah. Cause I'll, just like you said, like there's stuff you and I would, would just take for granted because we're in it all right. the time. We're working on that. And yeah. so, uh, and then some, it's just the simplest little thing might be the, the key right. to, to converting a click into a, a purchase versus just a, a browse. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny, you, you, once you do this for a living, you kind of see these things everywhere. I was talking to someone recently about, you know, there's this COVID vaccine um, that they're starting to give out and they're a bunch of, they're giving out. They, they're giving it out to healthcare workers where, where I live here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of controversy because some healthcare workers don't want it. And so immediately, a lot of us leap to conclusions. Well, I, I was recently talking to some, some folks I know who are healthcare workers and declined to get the vaccine. And so I was like, oh, what's going on? Why don't you want it? And you hear interesting things. Um, one of them said, well, I know... If you've already had COVID and you get the vaccine, um, there's a chance you could be sick for a day or two, mm. right? Oh, well, why is that a big deal? Well, I'm maxed out of PTO. Mm. Um, and I'm scared if I take PTO now, I could lose my job. And so that, that's a very different concern. Sure. Um, another concern I heard from someone was, I don't know how much it costs. I said, well, how much does it cost? I don't know. They're like, oh, I'm embarrassed to ask. I don't want to, right? You I don't want somebody to know that that's the reason. Yeah, right. That, right. Yeah. Um, and so if you think about that from a CRO lens, there are actually things you can do something about, right? So if you really try and find out why people don't buy, like we take for granted that 99% of people on our website won't buy anything. But if that happened in any other context, that's not normal. 
Mm. If you went into Walmart and 99% of the people that walked into a Walmart walked out without anything, you wouldn't think that's normal. And you'd stop to, if you're the manager, you'd stop to ask those people. Sure. Um, and for whatever reason, we're, we're discovering that lesson online. Right? Mm. If someone's come to your site, chances are they're fundamentally interested. It's pretty rare for someone to go to, say, a SaaS software company's website. They're not fundamentally interested in the product. Um, and for 99% of those people to leave, it's likely something's going on. We need to ask them and then try and do something about it. Mm. Well, uh, one of the things that we try to do on this show is yeah. kind of hear uh, your story, right? Your journey, how you got yeah. here, how you innovated. I do know uh, just from looking at your uh, LinkedIn that you graduated Harvard Law School. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. And so how are you? Why are you doing this? <laughs> um, after Harvard Law School, I was uh, I was the world's largest seller of electronic dog fences. Now, I know you didn't expect such such impressive company on your podcast, but when I was doing this, and by the way, my mom asked the same question. She's like, why did I pay for Harvard Law School? Oh, man. Have you sell pet accessories on the internet? Um, when I was doing this, I discovered that small changes on the website could have massive changes downstream. So one great example is if we could get someone to call in, we would close that sale one in two times, mm. right? Where if someone was on the website, we'd close that sale one in 40 times. So how do you oh, get wow. people to call in? We had this amazing team, uh, the Rio Hus brothers, and they knew everything there was to know. And if someone called in, they knew they were in good hands and they'd buy, you know, 50% of the time. And so we tried everything. We, we tried explaining what experts we were and how helpful we were and free help, you know. And then we had this one experiment which just worked like crazy. Um, we took a photo of, of someone's dad and they looked older and I think they were a, um, an engineer. They, they kind of had that, that look. And we put their face in the top right of the site and underneath uh, it was something like, call Rob. Call Stu. And uh, people called and they wanted to talk to Stu. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have somebody named Stu there? Or is it just that? No, was just no, we had name. to do a quick reflection. We were like, oh, Stu's <laughs> out. You know, but this is Wes. Can I talk to you? Um, and it's stuff like that, that some of it isn't um, necessarily logical, but it just works. Um, and that's the kind of stuff you discover when you run experiments and A-B tests. So yeah, yeah. I'm running this dog fence site. I'm experimenting like crazy. And um, on the side, I'm working at this consulting company, McKinsey. And uh, clients, you know, over lunch, we talk about side projects we're working on. Talk about uh, my impressive dog fence career. <laughs> and uh, they say, oh, this testing thing's really interesting. Could you do this for us? And so... Um, Eventually, my uh, my boss and I left, and we uh, started doing this full time. And uh, Spiralize was born out of that. That's that's really cool. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, is still is Stu still employed at Spiralize? <laughs> do you have a Do you have a Stu? <laughs> I suspect um, <laughs> the the business is long dead, but I suspect the the, the website's still up. <laughs> and uh, no, it's not. Um, okay. But <laughs> But but Stu is a a long-serving sure. member of the the Spiralize family, and and it's, and he, it's a trick that we still use. 
That's great. Yeah, it kind of represents that idea, right? The, the Stu kind of represents the idea. That yeah, everything we were trying to say need. about you're going to talk to an expert. It's going to be someone here in the United States. Sure. They're going to solve all your problems. It's going to be super casual. That's why Stu worked better than Stuart. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's how it worked. That's great. Somebody's going to benefit from that that information so. that you just shared, I think. Um but uh, tell us a little bit about that journey then. Once you guys started, uh, how did you, you know, what did you need to do to kind of innovate and kind of set yourself apart in that space? Um, I, I think we, we did a bunch of interesting things we can talk about. I, I think you also can't undersell how valuable it is to clients just to do one thing well. Mm. Mm. I, I think a lot of the innovation came around just executional excellence, right? Mm. Just, just being a, a trusted partner, getting basics right, and doing it really well. Um, but the, the big thing that we did that was different was, well, actually two things. So one is we were a one-stop shop. Before us, lots of vendors would, for A-B testing, they would maybe give you a design and just throw a PSD, a Photoshop file over the fence. You were kind of on your own. What we realized, um, even working with really, really big companies, is they didn't have enough bandwidth to do a lot of testing, mm. right? Because to test, you need a bunch of people. You need a designer, a developer, QA, an analyst, a project manager to organize all those people, plus a conversion person. Um, and even really big companies just didn't have a bunch of spare designers and developers laying around that they could use on testing. So we, we dropped in place with clients what we call pods. And a pod has kind of all those people in it um, and essentially does everything for the client. Mm. Um, so the client can have a much more strategic role and focus much more on, hey, you know, we can meet with them for a few minutes each week and say, hey, your tests were really excited. They can help us prioritize them. And then we're off to the races. So kind of bundling everything, being one-stop shop, was huge. Um, and when we say everything, everything from the people to the software to the data. Um, the second really interesting thing is we priced based on performance. So it, it's really risky to a client to spend, say, $100,000 on this project where the payoff's uncertain. Because mm. uh, even if the payoff could be in the, the millions or hundreds of millions, it, what if there's nothing, right? That's, professionally humiliating it it's it could be a significant portion of your budget um and so we uh offered clients this performance model where the client had to pay nothing up front and they'd only pay if we hit the numbers we uh we promised them so clients really liked that i think it signaled a ton of confidence um and it placed the risk on us rather than on the clients and it it makes sense as the professionals we're better able to handle that risk yeah and assess the risk than the client. Um, and so that, that was a, a huge thing for, for us. That's that's yeah, that is huge. I mean, especially when, yeah, if you, if you go in knowing that the, the, the price is based on it actually succeeding, right. Someone's a lot more likely to, to take a, take a, you know, take a chance, take a shot. Yeah. It's, how, it's like selling a dollar bill for a quarter, right? That's <laughs> yeah. We can often sidestep budgetary constraints, right? If, if I'll sell you a dollar bill for a quarter, what's your budget? 
it's like, well, how many dollar bills do you have, buddy? Yeah. So tell me about the process then. If I came to you yeah. and, and wanted you to take a look at my at my website and I'm trying to get people to, well, I, you know, like I do video production and things yeah. like that. Um, I've got this video and, uh, you know, my traffic says only about, you know, a small percentage of the people who actually visit watch the video. I want to change that. What would you do to help me out? How would we get that started? I think the first thing we'd say to a client is, what does victory look like? Mm. So what is the thing you want? Is it, do you want more people to watch the video or do you want more people to, uh, to call in or fill out an email form? Mm-hmm. Um, or do you, do you even want to think further down the line? Is it what you really want people to, certain people to fill out that form or someone to book an engagement or someone to put down a deposit? Gotcha. Conversion optimization or A-B testing is really good at getting you more of something, but you got to be really careful about what you specify about your, it's it's like a you know the genie in Aladdin. You got to be really right. careful about what you optimize for. Mm. You could, for example, optimize to get a bunch more form fills, um, but maybe that's not what you want, right? Maybe it's it's booked engagements. You don't want a bunch of people filling out the form that aren't say qualified. It will fundamentally never buy from you. I gotcha. So we'd spend some time just figuring out like what. What does victory look like? What do you want more of? And then what's the metric that really tightly measures that thing? So let me know, like, what do you what do you want more of on your on your site? Um, I don't actually have one on my personal side, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, um, I mean, let's say it's let's say it's watching the video. Let's say we watching the video. Okay. We t- people who have actually heard the pitch are more likely to yep. to do the next thing. Let's say. Um, so the next stage, let's say success is more people watching this video. Again, we want more details like how much do we want them to watch, but let's say uh, more people watching the video to get all the way through. Yeah. Um, so we then want to figure out of the people that come to the site, we're really interested in people on the bubble, someone that nearly watched the video, but didn't, or started watching the video, but didn't finish. Mm. Um, and we want to kind of obsessively stalk those people <laughs> and get in their head and understand why they didn't start the video or why they didn't finish the video. Um, and a bunch of techniques. I think the best is just to talk to them, sure. human to human, and, uh, and interview them and, and, uh, and just ask them a simple question like, hey, I noticed you came to the site and you didn't watch this video. How come? What do you think they'd tell us? Oh, that, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I says I'm not. I'm not actually. Uh, uh, this is yeah. A, it's hypothetical. hypothetical so I'm not sure. So but, uh, maybe they tell us. I have no idea how long the video is. Right. Okay. Or, and one we hear with videos all the time is I'm at work. Yeah. If I play the video, noise comes out, and yeah, everyone will look at me, and you know, I'll be ostracized, never have friends again. So, um. Let's say that's the objection. We then say, okay, how do we design some tests that that deal with that objection? Mm-hmm. So um, for the sound, maybe we put closed captions on and default to it being muted and closed right. captions. Right. For the length of the video, maybe you, you put a little um, you know, a little timestamp on it, or you have, you know, that table of contents that some people have that tells sure. you it's in right. Okay. Um 
we have some designs and ideas we're excited about. You can already see how you could have a hundred different ideas to deal with, sure. with these things. Um, we put all those ideas into a spreadsheet. We kind of rank them. We mock them up, make them incredibly beautiful in Photoshop. We pick our top, you know, four or five. Let's say we're going to do four or five this week, this month. Um, we have a, a developer build them out, have a QA team check it, um, make sure it's perfect. And then we deploy the test. So now half the visitors to your site will see the original video, half will see this new video with the subtitle feature. Um, and that's where the fun starts. That's where we, we can see in real time the number of people converting on each. That's where I obsessively refresh my browser mm. to see the numbers every 10 seconds. Um, and then let's say a month or so later, when we've had you know a few thousand visitors on each arm, we will call the winner, we'll keep the winner, we'll kill the loser, and mm. uh, we'll do it again, do it again, do it again. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a cool uh, process to be able to kind of just you know test these things and see see who's actually yeah. converting. Now, do it's a lot of fun. Do you have any? Uh, is there any regret? A little bit of a regret feeling on let's say there was a thousand of each and all the thousand that it didn't work. Is it kind of like, well, I'm glad we found the answer, yeah. but man, we still missed those thousand people. What? <laughs> Is there a little pang of regret? Like, how do we how do we go back and get those people? Is that a thing we can do? Yeah. So, if a test looks like it's going to be a big winner or a big loser, we might often call it earlier yeah. than than waiting for the the full lot to go in. the The big payoff, though, from running the test is that you know, from now to the end of time, that we have the answer right. We don't yeah. need to to keep reinvestigating this issue, right? I'm going to move on yeah. to the next one and the next one and the next one. Sure. It's a lot of fun. Um, the first thing I do in the morning when I get up is check test results on my phone, which tells me I'm probably in the right business. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, do you find, cause I, I, so I talk to a lot of people who start, who have a similar yeah. story to your yours where they, um, you know, maybe their, their college degree or was one thing or their first yeah. few jobs were this one thing. And then, boom, they're doing this other thing like you. Yeah. You find that, um, and this is where I find interesting answers. Do you find that you're still using the uh, judicial or the, the law degree yeah. in what you're doing now? You're still pulling on some of that like information that you took from that? So I, I like to think I'm basically doing the same thing. What I really want to do out of law school is big ticket um, litigation, big mm-hmm. jury trials where you're betting the company on the outcome of this trial. And in jury trials, in all honesty, the law isn't that important. You have 12 people that aren't lawyers Mm. as a jury. And I was in patent litigation. So imagine the complexity of a a cell phone patent. Both the law and the technology is incredibly complex. No one really on the jury really understands either. It's really much more persuasion game. Mm-hmm. How do you persuade this person that your client is in the right and has been wronged by this other party? Mm. Um, the, I, I thought it was a fascinating game. The only downside for me was because these cases were so big and so expensive, there would be massive teams and they would go on for five, 10 years, these cases. 
mm-hmm. and you couldn't take huge risks because there was there was one case and you won or you're lost. Mm-hmm. With A/B testing, you get to have all the fun of a, a jury trial. You get to do it every single day, yeah. and you can take big risks because if you lose, it's not that big a deal. You just try again the next day. Right. You're right. predict you're predicting which way the jury's going to go, kind of. Right. Yeah. And, and so uh, my friends have stuck with it, but they're very jealous. They, it's, <laughs> it's all the fun of arguing to a jury, um, but you get to do hundreds of them so, every so, month instead of one every 10 years. Well, that, I mean, that's great. And that's what I love to hear. Like people say that yeah. all the time. They're like, yeah, I took a massive detour, but guess what? I'm still using that now. And maybe your mom, you'll have to send her this podcast, this episode, and she'll know that, that it's still going, uh, that that degree didn't go to waste. You're using it, a, every, you're using it every day instead of just, uh, you know, once or twice a year, right? <laughs> She'd be unimpressed. She, she still reminds me that, it's, you know, it's not too late to go to <laughs> medical school like your sister. <laughs> That's I'm 40, mom. It's probably not going to happen. There's still time. <laughs> That's great. Man, thank you. That That's some really awesome stuff. I want to make sure before we go that you have a chance to tell people how to find you. And and if they're interested in this type of service, where where can they find you? Yeah, we, we'd love to chat to, to anyone that um, you know, has a website and wants more of something. Our, our sweet spot is, um, is companies that are spending like a million or more a year on online advertising mm. um, just because they need a certain minimum scale for it to be worthwhile. Uh, our website's spiralized.com and uh, we do A-B testing. Awesome. And that's spelled S-P-I-R-A-L-Y-Z-E, correct? That's the one. Yeah, spiralized.com. Check it out. And uh I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and hear about that. You have a great story and it sounds like you guys have a great company. You guys experienced a lot of success over there. So congratulations on that. Thanks. Thanks for having us on Jeff. No, we're glad to have you. So, and we want to thank you guys for listening. We hope that you were able to be inspired some and find some nuggets of your own in that story to take on your own journey as you find ways to innovate in your space. Once again, I'm Jeff Ford. This has been What Makes Them Tip. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, Innovations That Changed Everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arkalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arkalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.